0: what is up and welcome to church. Whether this is your first, second, or hundredth time here, let me just say to you, welcome. It's good to see you here with us today. My name is Sam Voss and I'm the digital guy here at Parkview. So if you ever have any questions, concerns, or need help navigating anything digital, please reach out to us and email us at online at During today's service, you might hear a couple mentions about this thing called next steps. See, Parfew is all about helping people take the next step in their life. If at all during today's service, you feel like it's time to take a next step, you can go to parfewchurch.com slash next step, follow the steps, and then take a step. Yeah, that's a lot of mentions of the word step there. I feel like I'm having a Ted Lasso moment a little bit where I begin to overthink the word that. Anyway, during today's service, we would love to encourage you to jump into the chat, say hey, and engage with our community online. We really believe that this time online can be a transformational experience and a place to build community while we engage in the service together. We're about to jump into worship and teaching being broadcasted from our Orland Park campus. But before we do, let me just say one more time, thanks for being here today. I really hope that you leave this experience feeling encouraged, uplifted, and maybe even taking a step in your life. Welcome to Parkview.
1: Well, good morning, Parkview. It is so good to see you today. Would you stand with us? We wanna celebrate this morning the joy that we have in our God. We wanna celebrate the love that Jesus brings with him for you and for me. Let's sing these words together. There's such joy to be had today. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. Cause he opened the prison doors, he parted the agency. My God, he holds the vision Together this morning you're seated on the throne of mercy, your glory shining bright for all to see. Oh God, I will praise you. Yes, we will sing. He's magnificent, magnificent with grace. with love that never fits oh God I will praise you oh who is like him who is like the Lord
2: This is wacky.
0: God, we,
1: we thank you that in the midst of trial, in the midst of life when it seems hardest, when it seems like there is a force against us, in the middle of the fire, you stand with us. You are not far off and distant. You are available and bring peace and restoration to those who are in need of it. And so, God, we thank you for this reminder that you are strong and faithful and able to save and redeem and restore. And God, we pray that we are attentive to you today as you are moving and speaking. We pray that we be attentive to you because we desire to look and love more like your son, Jesus. We pray all this in your good and beautiful name. Amen.
3: Amen. You can take a seat. Well, hey everyone, so glad that you are here this weekend. The Packers are packing it up. Yeah, Yeah! I know, okay, I know. Like, if you're not a football fan, I get it, but around here, we are Bears fans and the Packers are going home and it feels kind of good, so we're celebrating that. Uh, Anyways, uh, really glad that you are here this weekend. If we've not had the privilege to meet, my name's Chad, I'm one of the campus pastors here. And there's an incredible amount of things happening here around our church. And the best way for you to just stay in step with us and to know what's happening from week to week is to go to parkviewchurch.info. Everybody say .info. That is where you can find all the updated information and to know what's happening from week to week. In fact, there's been some incredible things that have happened already this year, and maybe you're curious, you know, like what is God doing and where are we headed as a campus and as a church? Uh, I want to invite all of you to participate in our campus rally experiences this week at all three locations, Monday at New Lenox, Tuesday at Homer Glen, and then Wednesday night here at Orland Park, We are having our campus rallies. It's a chance for all of us to come together as a community. at Each campus, Pastor Tim will be at all three locations, and just to get a chance to worship together and celebrate all that God is doing and is going to do this coming year. So don't miss out on that. Pizza at 6.30, so that's good news. Uh, The event will start at 7 at all three locations. More information can be found on our website. And speaking of really great things that are happening around the campus, uh, we've got an opportunity for students. uh, Preschool all the way through 12th grade, Our Parkview One Athletics program is launching a whole new series of programs this spring, and there's actually two opportunities. Third through 12th grade, we're going to provide co-ed volleyball, which is pretty cool. Uh, So if you've got a third through 12th grader and they're curious about learning more about volleyball, don't miss out on that. Uh, But then also preschool through second grade, we're going to have sports mania. They're not wrestling, don't worry. Uh, Basically what they're doing is they're going to do kind of a little bit of hodgepodge, soccer, volleyball, flag football, and what's the other one? basketball. There we go. Thank you. Someone in the building knew. That's pretty good. So that's going to be a cool experience. Don't miss out on that. Uh, All the information is out on the website and space is limited. So don't miss out on registering. Uh, We say this all the time. Come as you are. We believe that to be true. When you come here, you get to be yourself. And we're so thankful that you're a part of our church. Enjoy the rest of the service. Welcome to Parkview.
4: Hi, my name is Camila and here's my story. Everything started last year uh, around March when my family life got really chaotic. Uh, My husband was dealing with um, addiction. It was just a very difficult time. We had two little kids and everything just started to falling apart in the marriage, which was just not focused on God at the moment because we just, were just so lost with everything. The only way to help him out was to really put him into the rehab center. Um, he agreed to it, and that was like a start and a long, long process for us to, to rebuild possibly our marriage, our foundation. The rehab process was a um, very difficult time for me. I was left alone with two little kids. I did have family to support, obviously, but it wasn't about that. It was just that I felt alone as a person. Yeah. And I literally just, that moment was like the, the crucial moment for me to realize that if not God, there's no one else to, who can really help me to, to carry on this cross because it was a lot. And then from there it was just, it was just like all the puzzles started to, to connect. I waited patiently for Dustin to go, come out from the, the PGM and I was just like impressed how every day, I could feel God's presence in our marriage like by through reading the Bible together with praying as a family it was almost like it was like a shock to me at first too because that was so new right and now we made it as a our like a new family routine which is pretty amazing to wake up in the morning and thank God that you are actually awake again and go to sleep all together and and thank him for another day full of blessings because we are being blessed pretty much every day. Like the pandemic couldn't happen to us in a better time. It literally helped us to go through this tremendous, tremendous transformation for both of us.
5: Awesome testimony. We love hearing those. Welcome, you guys. Um, Hey, before we get started, I want to invite everybody, I know you've already been invited at campus, um, to our campus rallies. I'm going to be in person each week, and we're going to do one online. We're going to figure out how to do that soon. Um, I'm going to be at every campus this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, different campuses to kind of just celebrate what God's doing and share some updates and do some stuff that you don't have time to do on a weekend service. I'm going to be at New Lenox on Monday, Homer Glen on Tuesday, and Orland Park on Wednesday. Uh, it's, uh, there's pizza at 6.30 if you want any, just come straight from work or whatever uh, We'll have some worship and, and I'll be sharing some stuff from but 7 to 8, no, no later than 8 o'clock And I'm really looking forward to hanging out and, and just being with your campus staff and, and being with you and meeting people that I don't get a chance to meet uh, So I hope you'll come out and do it and, and welcome to all of you who came out in your four-wheel drives today um, I I mean, when I got here this morning, there was nothing but snow plows out. It was amazing. Welcome online. We're glad to have you with us. Uh, welcome to my parents. I love you. My cousin, Susan, who's up at Mayo Clinic getting a cornea transplant. Pray for her. I'm, I love you. I'm glad you're doing good. Um, we're going to talk about how to be a better human today, and it's about patience and peace. Okay? We're going to take two of them and kind of put it together, and because, you know, we didn't want to take eight weeks, so we're, we're smashing it. Okay? I was complaining to my children... Uh, uh, who are mostly in their 30s, which is kind of hard for me to say, about how tired Denise and I get at night. You know, I mean, they put their kids to bed and then they still have a night and, you know, we're like done, right? And then I read this pile of old people stuff and, and well, I, I ran across this one. If age 60 might be the new 40, but nine o'clock is the new midnight, Okay right? Old people, can, can, you, can you feel me, right? And here's another one. When I say the other day, that could be referring to any time between yesterday and 15 years ago, okay? Just, just, just go with me on this, okay? And, and this one, I still remember being able to get up without making sound effects, right? Which is those progressive commercials, man. Don't become your parents. And I used to love those commercials until I realized I already am the parent, Right? I mean, they're, making fun of, uh, they're not making fun of me being like my parents, they're making fun of my kids being like me, and, and so don't buy progressive insurance, okay? Um, I don't mean to interrupt people, I just randomly remember things and get really excited. <laughs> oh yeah, let me tell you something, oh sorry, you were talking. Um, but th- this is the one that, you know, brought me back to today. I had my patients tested, and I'm negative. Right? That works with the whole COVID thing. right? I had my patients tested and I'm negative. Here's what the better human idea is going to do for us um, as we do this for the next few weeks. And as we did it last week, go back and watch last week. Um, we talked about joy. I think it's a really important start. I want to look at the qualities of how to be a better human. And I think they're never better than in Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. The acts of the flesh are obvious." Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, all those kinds of things, right? And, and drunkenness and the like. It, 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 that's, what we're, that's what we're talking about, all of these lists. And I just kind of summarized it this way, okay? Anger, anxiety, impatience, meanness, selfishness, doubt, harshness, indulgence, hatred. That, that's basically what I did. So if that's what the flesh wants, if those are some of our darker impulses, then what does the spirit want, all right? Here we go. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we do this, right? Anger, no joy. Anxiety, peace. Impatience, patience. Meanness, kindness. Goodness instead of selfishness. Faith instead of doubt. Gentleness instead of harshness. Self-control instead of indulgence. And obviously love instead of hatred. Everybody knows there's a light side and a dark side, right? The the difference is how we achieve it. And here's what he goes on to say. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Use the force. That's the analogy I used last week. So we're going to talk about how we spend our time farming the fruits of the Spirit. Because they're not your fruits, they're the fruits of the Spirit... But we can farm them. Each fruit tree has different nutrients and different qualities and needs different soil and has different things going on. And as I said last week, we won't use any genetically modified organisms, okay? Just so you know, no GMOs. I was thinking about that in regard to joy. And if you need alcohol in your life or stimulants in your life to have joy, I think that's a GMO, right? Nothing wrong with alcohol, um, but, but if you need it, that's a GMO. So what would peace or patience be? What's a GMO for that? Well, might still be alcohol. Alcohol, you know, might be the, you know, it might be the extra GMO for everything. But you know what I thought about this week, and, and see if you agree. Sunshine. Sunshine's a, a, a GMO, right? I mean, obviously we love sunshine. Nothing wrong with it. But we all have seasonal affective disorder right now, right? We're all a little bit depressed. Because we don't get to see the sunshine. Isn't it true that you're more peaceful and more patient when the weather is better, right? When the days are longer and the sun actually shines. I did look it up. Um, there are 744 hours in the month of January. And on average in Chicago, we get 120 hours of sun or part sun. 120 out of 744. And I think most of those 120 are, must be when I'm in the shower, right? Right? <laughs> Because I don't, I, I don't even know. I mean, maybe it's shining in the middle of the night on, on us. I don't, I don't understand. There's nothing wrong with alcohol or sunshine, but if we're dependent on it, it becomes a GMO. And hey, m- maybe you should join the exodus to Florida. I'm not arguing against it. What I'm, what I'm saying is that what we need to do is learn how to be joyful and peaceful and patient without external forces. With me? So it looks like this, okay? Okay. And I have this picture backstage because it is absolutely one of my favorites. I show it every once in a while. This picture went viral in 1989 before the internet. There were over 1 million prints shipped worldwide in a matter of months. It is not photoshopped. It was taken in 1989 by Jean Guichard, a French photographer. Uh, a helico- he was in a helicopter going to a different destination, and he happened to go by. And that guy just happened to be wearing a yellow, th- you know, yellow sweater so he could be seen. And this picture was kind of an accident. And, and to me, it is a picture of peace. And patience, this is what it's going to be. Peace and patience is not about being on a beach in Maui with a mudslide in your hand, okay? And I'm sorry, I'm really pushing you towards that winter vacation, I know, okay? But, but growing the fruit of the Spirit is not about the absence of trouble. Again, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. You can just chill, lean back against the side of the doorway, because I have overcome the world. It's the disciples in the storm on the Sea of Galilee with Jesus in the boat, and they're all scared, and they wake Jesus up, and he's like, what, what, what's the problem? I'm, I'm right here. Stop it. That's this picture. If your fruit is about the outside circumstance, you are just this fake Christmas tree, Okay. As my illustration from last week, you're just, uh, it doesn't matter whether that's a real tree that's been cut off because it's dead, doesn't matter if it's a fake tree, it doesn't matter because apples don't grow on pine trees anyway, you're going to grow fake fruit. So if you only have peace or patience when the sun is out and life is good, right, then basically you are this tree. So we're figuring out how to be fruit farmers instead of fruit fakers. You're a heartbreaker. Dream maker. Fruit faker, don't mess around. I don't know, it just came into my head. So, fruit farmers know there are certain farming practices associated with each. Thank you, Pat. There are certain practices that go with every farming thing, depending on what kind of soil that they have. And some of it is like removing weeds, some of it is about fertilizing with the proper nutrients. Last week, we talked about joy. So, we said if we're going to have joy, we need to remove the weeds of bitterness, right? And we're going to fertilize our soil with good thoughts, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. Think on the these things. Today, how do we farm for the fruits of peace and patience? And the first thing we're going to do is remove the thorns of worry. Jesus told them many things in in parables. In Matthew 13, it says, and one of them was, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown. Whoever has years, let them hear. All right. So we all want to be the good soil, but, you know, there's only so much we can do about it. So then he goes on, and the disciples are like, okay, what does this mean? And here's what he says Listen to what the parable means. The seed falling among the thorns, I'll just use this part because this is what we're talking about, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. So we have to remove the thorns of worry. What is worry? Worry has been defined as a small trickle of fear that meanders through the mind until it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. That's what worry is. And it chokes out having good fruit. Last week we talked about Paul saying in 2 Corinthians 10 that we have to take captive the thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. And I introduced you to brain science, if you don't know it at all, there's this thing inside of you called the limbic system, which they call lizard brain, which is the fight or flight thing, that if you get scared or whatever, you're going into lizard brain, you're going into like this right here, I hear a noise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, right? But what has to happen is our prefrontal cortex is linked to our limbic system, and when something scares us, we have to decide if we're going to fight or if we're going to flight or if it's not really a problem. And here's where worry gets in the way. Because what we learned last week is that you can get little ruts in your mind. Your mind can get in a rut. If you keep having lizard brain and your prefrontal cortex tells you it's a problem, it'll start digging a rut into your brain so that from now on, whenever you see a clown, right, uh, then, uh, you, you know, you're like, oh, I, I'm still afraid of clowns. You know in your mind you're not supposed to be, but for some reason, you know, as a kid, it scared you, right? Or Santa Claus or or, or whatever it is, the Easter bunny. I mean, it's not supposed to scare you, but it drilled into your head or maybe you saw one of those horrible movies and, and you just can't get it out of there, right? So peace and patience and the fruit of the Spirit, it's not our fruit, but Jesus told us plainly to stop worrying. So what we talked about was we have to use the front part of our brain to decide what's worth being bitter about, what's worth being anxious about, what is worth today worrying about, okay? The Greek term is to divide the mind, to become distracted or to strangle, Right? And again, what does Jesus say? Let me read it again. The worries of this life choke the word, making it unfruitful. All right? So what we don't want, if we're going to grow the fruits of the Spirit, they're still God's fruits, but what we don't want is to help make ourselves unfruitful with worry. Literally, it's choking out the good fruit that might be happening. Okay, so let's figure out how to stop worrying, all right? Let's do that first, okay? So this is worry. It's nice, right? Am I going anywhere? No. No, this is worry. If there's not a problem, I should probably just stop, right? because I need to do nothing. If there is a problem, I should probably get out of that chair and get into this chair so that I can actually go towards the problem. This is my office chair. If there's a problem, I want to be able to go towards it even if it's a little bit weird, you know, with my with my cowboy boots, I can still do something. I can still accomplish something. That's what's really really important. And here's the rest of it, okay? If I'm really farming the fruits of the spirit, And it's the spirit that's working inside of me that means not only do I need to get out of the rocking chair and not only do I need to get out of that chair, but I've actually got this chair going on. Somebody turned the speed down on me. I think they're worried I'm going to roll off the stage. Can you imagine that? I mean, I really can't imagine that. This is the power of having the fruits of the Spirit. I don't really even need to do anything. If I'm trusting what God wants me to do, I'm going to go back behind here and play tricks on the camera. I want to make you turn it up now, won't I? You're like, oh, that's a lot of dead space back there. Oh, my goodness. So here's what we're going to learn about worry. I want to be in a chair. If I'm going to worry, I want to be in a chair that's actually going to do something. It's actually going to go somewhere. It's actually going to make something happen. Otherwise, I need to just stop doing it. All right? In Jesus' longest sermon in Matthew 5, he has this whole section on worry. He's talking about adultery. He's talking about a divorce. He's talking about all kinds of important stuff. But he stops in the middle of it, and he says, here's the deal, okay? You need to stop worrying. You need to stop your worrying problem because it's not worth whatever you're doing. The worries of this life choke out the word, making it unfruitful. You with me? So what are we commanded to not worry about? Here's what we're commanded to not worry about. We're commanded to not worry about finances, okay? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Don't worry about finances, all right? I know that's a big thing, but don't worry about it. He goes on. He says, don't worry about food or fashion, right? He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or what you will wear, because, you know, is not your body more than food and the body more than clothes? Is that not more important to you? What are we commanded to not worry about? Commanded to not worry about finances or food or fashion or the future. Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to his life, Jesus asks. Who of you can do that? Nobody. So don't don't worry about it. Therefore, he goes on and he finishes up and says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry enough about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, some people are more prone to worry than others, but I'm telling you, it's hard to grow the fruit of peace and patience if you worry, right? My mom, I love you, deeply spiritual woman. I mean, she's my mom, so she's basically already a saint, but she worries. Didn't your mom worry? Mom's worry. You can guess how hard it was for my dad to let me have a BB gun, you know, because you'll shoot your eye out. I Come on, right? But we all do the worry thing. You watch the news and it seems like it just keeps getting worse. So stop watching. Why are you doing that? Most of our worries are made up. We're like the guy who said, my counselor thinks I'm paranoid. Well, he didn't actually say it, but I know that's what he's thinking. Look, most of the stuff, psychologists will tell you that 80% of the stuff you worry about never happens. All you're doing is sitting in this chair, rocking back and forth, wasting a bunch of energy. And it's not relaxing, okay? Don't, don't misread my illustration. You're making motion. You're burning thought processes. And it's getting you nowhere. So what does God say? Well, he says, look at the birds of the air. All right? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I mean, I, maybe he pointed to some birds flying overhead and said, Hey, check them out. They, they don't sit around, they work, they hunt for it, they bring it back to their families, but they don't worry about it. They don't worry. They instinctively know that their Creator will provide. That's why they can sing. You'll never hear. Birds up there, you know, flying around saying, can you believe the price of worms? They're, they're raising the interest rate on insects. I can't believe it. Yeah. We're thinking about flying south to Florida this winter and just staying there. I hear there's no state taxes. You don't, you don't hear that, Right. And here's the deal, probably everyone has heard some well-meaning person talking about some other very small skinny person saying, well she eats like a bird. That's only because they don't understand birds. Birds never stop eating. There are some birds that eat two to three times their body weight every day, okay? So that's not really a compliment. Even though birds have to find so much food every day, they trust that God is going to supply their need. They are proactive in solving the problem, right? They're going somewhere, and they aren't just waiting around for God to drop food in their mouths, but they aren't worrying about the stuff they can't fix either. And you hardly ever hear birds chirping at night, do you? Why? they're sleeping. Ouch. I mean, we're, we're a, a nation, we're a planet full of bad sleepers now, right? I love this, dear sleep, I'm so hard. Sorry, I hated you when I was little. Please forgive me, I want you back. I'm not a good sleeper, and please don't give me your remedy. I've tried it all. I've tried Jack. I've tried Jim. I've tried all of their friends. But this is part of the problem, okay? Because God says, I will meet all your needs according to my riches in in Christ Jesus. Yeah, like he says that. I will meet all your needs according to my riches in Christ Jesus, so go to sleep. Worry says, I I don't really believe he'll supply my needs. So I'm going to get to rocking. There are positive effects to worry. Worry is fear. I need to confront my fear if it's founded in something. So how do I do that? Okay. I'm going to give you a, a super easy way to fix that worry trickle in your brain, that rut that's in your brain. Whatever it is that you keep worrying about, write it down and share it with another person. Write it down and share it with another person. I'm really worried that so-and-so doesn't like me. They've been quiet, they've been ghosting me, whatever. I'm really worried you know, that, that my finances aren't gonna make it. I'm really worried that I'm gonna lose my job. I'm really worried that my, that my marriage is going the wrong direction. Write that down and share it with another person. Any, any, any person that, that is objective okay, in your life because it's easier for someone else to see the reality of the things I ought to be worrying about than me. It's interesting because when Jesus says, don't judge, right? Because you've got a beam sticking out of your own eye. You're trying to get the sawdust out of the other person's eye. He says, he says get the beam out of your own eye so that you can help the other person. There's nothing wrong with us helping each other see the sawdust that are, that's in our eyes, the things that are going on in our eyes. I need help to clear away the debris and the rocks and the weeds of worry from my life. And a good way to do that is to write it down and share it with something else, somebody else. Now, we're going way crazy this week, okay? Um, I'm going to give you something to help. Every week, I'm going to give you something to help. Last week, I encouraged you to get in rooted. And we had a great kickoff on Thursday night, got a lot of people in groups, and, and you've got to do that at some point, okay? Um, sometimes, when it comes to anxiety um, and a and, and lack of patience and a lack of peace, we need an outside perspective. And usually, a professional person is really going to help you. Seeing a counselor can up your game in a huge way, okay? The problem is a lot of us grew up with a stigma that, you know, if you're going to a counselor, you're all screwed up. You know, you're going to your shrink or whatever. And we've all heard, we've all heard those criticisms. People that go to counselors are, are messed up or they're weak. Look, look, that's just not true. If it is true, then I'm I'm really messed up. Because I go to a counselor, I have been, my wife and I have been to counseling many, 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 many times. It's what saved our marriage, and I fully believe it, okay? So if you're hung up on the word counselor, call the person you go to a coach if that makes you feel better because that's really what they are we're, they're just a life coach to help you and we could all use some coaching from time to time and worry is a big part of that so here's where we're going out on a limb and spending some money as a church whether you are struggling with anxiety or worry or addiction or marital issues you name it we believe so strongly in counseling that we are going to help you anybody in our church online as well we are going to help you take a first step because this is a year of first steps In this direction, by paying for your first visit, okay? We're going to pay for your first counseling visit. Um, We've uh, we've partnered with some local agencies. Now, if you're already in counseling, we're not going to pick up one of yours. I'm trying to get new people to go, okay? You cheapskate, all right? We're trying to get new people to go. And we have partnered with local counseling agencies, and you can do your counseling online if you want. We have removed two major objections for you, money and having to leave your house, okay? You can go in person if you want, but there's no excuse to not give it a try. All you have to do is go to parkviewchurch.com, counseling, and we will get you connected to a counselor, And I'm saying this is crazy because it's not cheap. These people aren't doing it for free. We're paying them. We're going to spend probably tens of thousands of dollars on counseling for people to get them help. Okay, this is not something we budgeted for, so if you're a person who has benefited from counseling and you want to throw something extra in, that's great. We'd love to have the help because we didn't plan on this, but we believe that this is what God wants us to do, to encourage you to get into some kind of help where you go to the first one, and if you like it, you're on your own. You can pay for it. If you don't like it, that's fine, but I gotta, at least you'll have somebody to call when things get worse later. That's how we do premarital counseling here as well. Okay, we want we, we the pastors don't do it. We send you to somebody that can help you so that later on, you know, six months in, you can call them and go, "Hey, we're, we're having this issue." Great, come on in. How to farm for the fruits of patience and peace. First of all, you remove the thorns of worry. Second of all, you wait for it. More farming analogy. Be patient, then, brothers. Okay, now the fruit of the spirit is patience, right? But there's some patience that we should bring to this process. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. Here's the farm analogy again. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its crop and how patient he is for autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't go into farming unless you have patience, right? Part of the job is waiting, of a farmer. You wait to till, you wait to plant, you wait to harvest. There's a lot of waiting. Did you ever like do a thing at school, you know, where you took a little seed, a little bean seed or whatever pod and you put it in a little Dixie cup with dirt, right? And you watered it and every day you're supposed to wait and watch for it to grow. Did anybody else pull it out early? (laughs) Yeah right? You pull it out. I mean, it, the good thing is you could probably just put it back on it. You weren't going to hurt it, but, but, but I didn't want to wait. I, I, I was so curious about what was going on underneath there. I kept pulling it out, okay? Our problem is that we're a turf-buying society, right? We're not, we're not seed-planting society. We're a turf-buying society, and people who buy turf for their yards really just don't have the patience to grow their own, They want instant (laughs) grassification. I set you up pretty badly for that one, didn't I? The farmer has to wait on things to do. Yet there are more factors. uh, 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 There's more than just the factors of waiting on things to do. There are other factors that he has no control over: the weather, the rain. That's what James is saying. The heat, the economy, whatever it is. And in Palestine, where James is talking about, it's not the best farming dirt. You know, I mean, you gotta admit, you you say what you want about Illinois, but at least we got good dirt. We need to maximize, you know, our strengths. That's what we got. But good dirt or not, there's still a lot of things that we can't control. Have you ever noticed? That even when we realize that a situation is beyond our control, we still try to control it. <laughs> right? I'm really looking forward to self-driving cars, man. I think it's going to solve a lot of my problems. I mean, I don't know if you can set it for nine miles over the speed limit, you know, like most of us drive. But, but I think it's going to solve a lot of problems. I'm not going to be mad at the guy in the left lane anymore. Because I'm going to be watching Netflix, you know. It, it, it doesn't matter. I can't wait. And here's what here's what Paul says in Colossians. And we pray that in order that we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience. We pray that you will bear fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, that's that chair over there, so that you may have great endurance and patience. And they are combined because we have to learn to wait. Jesus waited, you ever think about that, until he was 30 to start his ministry. At age 12, he said, I need to be about my father's business. But for 18 years, he waited until it was the right time. How long that must have been for him. He wanted to be about his ministry. Instead, he's sanding table legs. And, and on top of that, you know, he's living in, a, in an imperfect family as a perfect son, you know. And he took the time to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man before starting his mission and change the world in three years. In his own timing, he could have worked for 30 years and not changed the world. But in God's power, he changed the world in three. But he had to wait for it. Remove the thorns of worry, wait for it, and add the fertilizer of remembrance. Okay? Um, I will remember, the psalmist said, the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I mean, this is one of the great things about being old, is that you got a lot to look back on. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. The Lord is near. And here's where he tells us how to grab a hold of our minds and do what we need to do. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. Stop rocking in the chair. Here's what you need to do instead of rocking in the chair. Get in that chair or that chair if you've got to go fix a real problem. But do not be anxious about stuff that you can't deal with. By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God, okay? With thanksgiving. So here's what we're gonna do. We're we're not gonna be anxious. I mean, I know you can't stop that. I mean, you're gonna need help with that, but here's how you fix it you use prayer and petition, which is like general prayer, specific prayer, and don't forget thanksgiving. And what's going to happen? You're gonna present your requests to God, and what's gonna happen? What's going to happen? Uh, it's going to be incredible. All, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You want to know how to have peace? You want to have to know peace in that chair? Understand it. You can't even understand it. Well, it's going to blow your mind. We'll guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. As you pull out the thorns of worry and as you wait for God to do what only God can do, one of the best fertilizers you can add to the soil of remembrance to have peace and the power of the fruit is with thanksgiving. What has God already done? So, I'm going through this... uh, I go through, whenever I teach on a subject, I I like to go through and see some of the stuff that I've used before, if there's some scriptures maybe I want to think about or or, or stories or whatever. And I was teaching on patience in 1998, all right? I've been here for 32 years, so I've been around a long time. 1998, we are in a little building in Tinley Park that's uh, 10,000 square feet, has a 250 seat auditorium, and, and we're out of room. And we know we need to move, and we've already done a fundraiser to buy property. And and, in 1998, when I taught on patience, I got up and I said, Ladies and gentlemen, I hold in my hand a piece of paper that I have wanted to have for a long, long time. And I held up a contract. Tinley Park Christian Church, that was her name back then, agrees to purchase at a price of $528,000 on terms set forth therein. The following described real estate in Cook County, Illinois, commonly known as the northeast corner of 183rd and Wolf Road, with approximately 12 acres, signed the 22nd day of August, 1998. And I said, we have a contract, and everybody cheered. After four years of searching and praying and wondering and exploring and looking at 50 literally pieces of land, we have a contract. And here's what it looked like back then. We're on the corner of 183rd and Wolf, which is just a cornfield. 183rd is a dirt road, all right? Orland Parkway was a dirt road. They're already clearing land for a big jewel Osco across the street from us. And there will be houses all around because there wasn't anything. Wolf Road will eventually be bigger, and 183rd will be paved in four lanes. Remember, this is 1998. The reason something nice-looking needs to be there is that we're directly north of these large petroleum tanks, so residential's not going to want to be there. And we're in Cook County, but Will County's across the street, and the taxes make it better for businesses to be in Will County. So that pretty much leaves us the corner of 183rd and Wolf, used for not very many things, but one good thing would be a church. And the village of Orland really wants us in there. It's a great location, great price. Everyone wants it to work. And God is in control. He's never in a hurry. That was 1998. In 2005, I preached on patience again. I'm not very patient, so it's like once every seven years, I guess. I, <laughs> I don't know. Our building was uh, now just what our third grade at our Orland campus and under are using. Okay, here's here's a picture of just that building as it's being built. And then go ahead and hit this next one. You can kind of pan out and see the whole area. You can see that there's nothing else going on at this point on this corner. And this land used to be a pig farm, so the neighbors were all very excited for us to be there. And, And in that building, I said in 05, do you see what God has done since then? We were averaging... This is in 05 I said this. We were averaging 300 people a weekend in attendance in 1998. Now we average 2,400. We bought 12 acres. We now have 18 because one of our elders bought the other six and held it until we could pay for it. And we have an option on 33 more, which another one of our elders took care of, and then we bought it back from him now, later. And we're already digging the foundation for the next building. And the only thing that hasn't turned out better, this is so great, than we possibly hoped was 183rd Street. What is now Orland Parkway wasn't still in 05, a through street and it was still a dirt road. And I was saying, you know, Man, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. We think that's gonna get done. I know it's gonna be good, but I did ask this question. Has God kept that road closed so that we wouldn't grow more than we could possibly handle? I don't know. What I know, I said in 05, I see that God is never wrong, and God is never in a hurry, and he is never late, and his ways are always better. So as I preach in 2022, if there is any fear or impatience or anxiety in my limbic system about... What the coronavirus has done to churches, what, what we're looking at in the future, are we going to, you know, the, the metaverse, is, is, you know, how's the VR thing going to work, all these technological things that are changing. If there's anything going on that, that makes me a little bit anxious, makes me sit in that rocking chair because my prefrontal cortex says, my, there's no sense in rocking. Get in one of those other two chairs and do what you gotta do. Be forward thinking. Got a consultant coming in this afternoon because we're gonna do some more forward thinking. It is a crazy time, but don't forget what God has already done. And not only what God has already done, but don't forget how much you've been transformed Into a better, more fruitful tree through the process of peace and patience as you waited and trusted on God to come through. Just before he died, Jesus said, Look, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Doesn't matter if it's sunshine or you've got something to drink or whatever your GMO is. I don't give peace as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Father, thank you for the reminder this week. Um, <laughs> forgive me for not preaching on patience more often, and uh, forgive me for not thinking back more often. I tend to be the prayer and petition guy and I forget that little caveat with thanksgiving. I tend to be the one who lets the roots of worry grow and then what they do is they're choking out the fruit that's going to work in my life. I wanna live in that powered chair. It's powered by your spirit. I wanna have the patience that you can give me I wanna have the peace that you can give me, not as the world gives, but that only you can give. Because I think, Lord, we're all done with trying to figure out what the future might look like. We we have one choice at this point, trust you or don't. Because the future is not gonna look like anything we can possibly imagine, but we trust in you. We trust That you have overcome the world And that is the peace and patience we look for It's in your name that we pray Amen
1: Let's stand together and respond to this word Lord, I come I confess Bowing here I find my rest And without you I fall apart You're the one That guides my heart where you are and where you Stand, I'll fall. Cause Jesus, you're my hope.
3: grab a seat. Uh, We're going to take communion now together. Let's not forget, right? God loves us so very much that he would step into our world and save us from our sin and finally give us a place to be with him forever. And that's worth never forgetting. The Bible says that every time we eat the bread and we drink the cup, we're to do so in remembrance of him. And so let's just look back and remember and choose not to forget. Hopefully when you came in, you were able to grab one of these packs If you've never used one before, there's two layers, one for the wafer and one for the juice. And if you're home and online with us right now, now would be a great time to grab some crackers and juice and join along with us. But let's take a moment now to give thanks and to remember, and then I'll come back in a moment. We'll take communion together. Bible tells us that every time we eat the bread and every time we drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until it returns. The body of Christ given for you, take and eat. And now the blood of Christ shed for you, take and drink. Let's pray together. Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for stepping into our world. Thank you for dying for our sin. Thank you for rising again, giving us hope and a future. And thank you for the promise that one day you're going to come back. Until then, find us faithful. Help us to love the people around us the way that you have loved us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So glad you made it this weekend. Why don't we stand up together? And as you do, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you peace this day and forevermore. Amen. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next time.